That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you. The Bauer and Rose podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, brought to you and brought to us by JustTheNews.com and Sirius XM Satellite Radio Channel 125, The Patriot, where you can catch us. Make sure hit the subscribe button, the like button, recommend us to friends, opponents, or uh, even enemies. Gary, uh, weekend is over. The conference board this morning, which is a national business group, now gives a 99% chance for a recession within the next year. And in the interim, we now have this this pretty uh, uh, much of a consensus building among economists of all stripes, from Larry Summers on the left to our good friend Steve Moore on the right, and Steve Forbes, your close dear pal, Steve Forbes. I just had to get that in there. Um, uh, that our economy is about to take a nosedive, weighed down by these Way high interest rates. And of course, the uncertainty about Biden's erratic presidency, inflation, the strength of our banking system. You said uh, six, eight weeks ago, after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, when the Fed and the Treasury Secretary and everybody else and your buddy Joe Kernan over at uh, CNBC were saying this is a one off. uh, You were telling our listeners this is not a one off. This is the beginning of what could potentially be a very severe banking crisis. And of course, we have the first republic collapse and the forced uh, purchase by J.P. Morgan announced over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know, Tom, that stock um, of that bank uh, within the last year was trading for $150 a share. And on Friday, it got down to $2. And uh, over the weekend, it, it went to zero. Um, now, depositors are going to get their money back. Now, you know, depositors are not to be confused uh, with uh, the people that bought the stock. Uh, I had an acquaintance that thought on Friday he he looked and saw that it had been 150 and now it was two. And he goes, Gary, I'm going to buy this. I mean, it's got to go back up. No. And I go, no, uh, it's going to go down another 99 (laughs) percent. It actually went down 100 percent. But well, well, if you get it now, it really can't go much below zero, can it? That was a joke. Well, no, no, it can't. And that's why it's not trading at all on the stock exchange today. But I, you know, I, uh, we shouldn't, I shouldn't cite statistics that I don't have exact, but this statistic I heard today was something like this, that if you take the largest bank failures in American history, uh, the top 15 or the top 10, three of them have happened under President Biden. And again, if, you know, the, the media reports it, but they don't put it in any kind of a context. I mean, the, with a, a compliant media, this guy's approval ratings are, are down around, you know, cold water, the kind of temperature that if you got into a bathtub, you know, you'd, you'd, uh, 
your, your teeth would be shattering if, if they actually reported everything he has screwed up and how he just regularly screws up. Uh, the guy would be as close to zero as you can get. So we're in a mess. Um, each of these banks has the same problem, Tom, and you touched on it. Uh, they, they borrowed, uh, they bought U.S. Treasury debt, um, that was selling for relatively low interest rates. And then they had to raise the interest they were paying their depositors to keep the deposits in the bank. Um, and it just, you know, it was suddenly the business model became terrible. Um, and because of what bond prices did, a lot of these banks are sitting on billions of dollars of unrealized losses. So there's got to be more than, than a first Republic. I mean, I, I, I think there might, there, there could be a dozen other ones and it all depends on somebody seeing something on social media or a bad headline or a rumor. And we could have this happen again. Well, think about it. You've got some cash. Let's say you've got some cash. Let's say you sold a house. You put it in the bank. You're basically getting zero interest. And you see uh, money market funds or U.S. treasuries that are issued to the public that are paying now four or five. Some of these inflation index bonds uh, can be up seven, eight percent. I guess it's back down a bit now. But that's when the banks lose all their deposits, particularly the larger deposits, the businesses, they're going to chase the higher yield. And when the bank then is sitting on the assets that cover the deposits that are earning nothing, that's a prescription for failure. And First Republic and Silicon Valley and Signature cannot be the only banks out there that have suffered from the highest, most rapid rise in interest rates in, what, 40 years? And this is all the result of the fourfold increase in inflation, Gary, that we've experienced since Joe Biden took office. Inflation on the day Joe Biden took office, I think, was 1.6%. And now uh, they're congratulating themselves that it's back down to 6%. So in other words, it's a 350% increase in inflation. And they're congratulating themselves. Joe Biden, uh, on Friday, when the uh, Commerce Department issued GDP numbers for the first quarter of the year uh, congratulated himself that our growth was what 1.1% when his own budget office said it was going to be close to 3% and he gets away with it. Of course. Uh, Yeah. You know, he he absolutely gets, gets away with it. And Tom, it all, you know, just to complete the circle. So uh, Biden comes in, he does these massive trillion dollar plus, uh, uh, spending programs and so forth over 10 years, um, just really bust the budget a thousand times over. This money's all sloshing out there. It has to go someplace. It starts bidding up the prices of, of housing, which you might, if you're in a house, you might be happy about. But then the prices get bidded up so much that it becomes a problem. Young camp families can't get in. People are priced out of the market. We saw what happened to food prices. There were all these shortages. Uh, supply uh, chains broke down. And so then the Federal Reserve, because its job is to, uh, to preserve the strength of the U.S. dollar, the validity of our currency, is required when it sees runaway inflation to do something about it, 
Uh, but man, did they ever. And as you pointed out, they moved in, in historic, with historic speed. It's great, by the way, if you're fortunate enough to be a saver in America, you're finally getting something other than this laughable interest rate, you know, where you, maybe you had a lifetime of savings in a, a savings account. You'd get your monthly statement and at the bottom it said, Interest this month, a dollar eighty-seven. You know that's that's not the road to fiscal uh, security. But so so now there's you can get a, de- a decent interest rate. But th- this is going to smash the economy. That's what the purpose of raising the interest rates is to uh, put a blanket over economic activity in order to cause uh, less. Growth, less uh, inflation. Uh, you're going to see more banks, you know, pulling back on lending uh, because of this third bank failure now. So there's all sorts of things that should uh, shout that Joe Biden's going down, that we're only going to have, you know, whatever it is, 18 more months of this. And this guy will be gone. But, Tom, I think you agree with me. I think um, the economy could completely collapse, and I am not sure that Joe Biden will go down. As I've said many, many times, and we can talk about it if you want, I'm not even sure a declining economy under a Democrat president actually ever now works in our favor. And and if you want me to, I can explain that later. But in addition to that, I, I just know the killing machine that the Democrats have put together the uh, finance machine that has been put together with you know these anonymous donations and dark money, the 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 big tech machine that's been put together to limit speech and uh, and put uh, and spike stories that the American people need to to know about, plus uh, the political malpractice that the Republican Party. Uh, seems to regularly engage in. We had, um, I mean, I guess Joe Biden could say that he had a good time Saturday night at the White House Correspondents Association dinner, this annual charity. I don't know what the charity's for. He made some pretty funny jokes, I guess. But how funny is it really, Gary? On Friday, we had these just extraordinary comments from White House officials uh, basically confirming that Joe Biden is not fit to be president. New York Times had a quote from an unnamed White House source that Biden can't be scheduled, quote, in the mornings, in the evenings or on the weekends. But other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, uh, you know, how did you enjoy? I mean, will are we should we then send out a demarche to President Xi Jinping and tell him, ask him politely not to schedule any crises in the mornings, the evenings or on the weekends? Uh, I mean, this is. How democratic is it, right? We're always talking about saving our democracy, saving our democracy, to have Biden run again in a party that now uh, forswears debates. There'll be no debates. There'll be no discussion. Uh, RFK Jr. won't have an opportunity to debate uh, President Biden and whatever her name, the uh, New Age uh, guru woman, uh, won't be able to. Seventy percent of the country tells NBC News they don't want him running again. Two-thirds of Democrats say they don't want him, want him running again. And the only people, Gary, it seems to me, that want him to run again are his staffers, his schedulers, or ha- his handlers. In other words, um, the people that are really in charge today want to stay in charge tomorrow. Well, that's, uh, you, that's a great summary, Tom. Um, 
you, you know, I, I I know this is an ongoing debate in the in the Republican Party, and uh, it's just going to have to play itself out. Uh, but you know, some people are saying, well, if we nominate Trump again, uh, that that will drive Democrat Party voter turnout, and we'll we'll lose again. Uh, particularly since they're hiding Biden and they're protecting him, and that's the whole strategy, right? They have a campaign where all he does is go out and do occasional presidential things, while it's nonstop attacks on on Trump. But I would uh, I would offer, and I believe this, Tom, that uh, that that whether it's Trump, uh, DeSantis, Mike Pence. That that kill machine they have and the media partnership they have, they will do the same thing to anybody we nominate unless it's somebody that is so moderate that we wouldn't want to vote for them. And, and even then, they'll, and they'll try to make right. them out to right. a monster. Right. You know, I mean, they took Romney and and uh, McCain, uh, who they who they loved as long as they were. Uh, selling out to the Democrats, you know, Romney in Massachusetts uh, when he was governor and McCain when he got up in the morning every day. Uh, but once they got the nomination and could be a Republican president, man, they, they excoriated him. I mean, they, they, they drove their negatives up sky high. It was exactly so the same with Donald Trump. They loved Donald Trump in 2015. They gave him every, yeah conceivable second of airtime. MSNBC and CNN covered his rallies. They hated him, but they pushed him up. They promoted him so that they could try to to take him down. It doesn't stop at the White House either, uh, Gary. Uh, uh, John Fetterman, this this incapacitated wind-up doll, uh, now in a mental hospital, somehow has managed, uh, while he's been in a mental hospital, being treated for severe depression... <laughs> To sponsor several Senate bills. I, I mean, the whole thing is a joke. These are wind-up dolls. Uh, it's the staff. It's the permanent bureaucracy, both in the legislative branch and in the executive branch, judiciary as well, the FBI and other law enforcement agencies. They're the ones running the country. I mean, John Fetterman is sponsoring Senate legislation when he can't get out of bed. Yeah, well, so what this is, uh, you know, we're... We're about 18, 18 months out from the, uh, the the November 24 election, Tom. And with the rules that the Democrats have set up, I, I'm sure early voting has started in some state. I mean, you know, they've, they've turned election day into election month. It'll be election season, which is a complete violation of the Constitution, which talks about election day is this Tuesday of this month. You know, every so many years for this, every so many years on that. We let them get away with that stuff because we didn't want to irritate people that we were the party that did wanted to be convenient for them. We keep over the years, Tom, we keep making stupid mistakes and it comes back and bites it as bites us and the, you know, where, uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, uh, we, we've got a, we've got a mess. Um, Tom, I, uh, there, there was an extraordinary, uh, interview or summary of an interview in the wall street journal a couple of days ago. Uh, with uh, Justice Alito, and he really zeroed in on something that I think is not being talked about enough. He talked about this leak that happened in the Supreme Court uh, when uh, the draft opinion of the case, the Dobbs case, which ended the fiction 
that there was a right to abortion somewhere hidden in the United States Constitution. It's there, Gary. It's there. It's it's there. You just missed it. It's right between the right to sodomy and same-sex marriage. Yes, that's right. Um, Alito said that he had no doubt. He first of all, he said he thinks he knows who did it, but he doesn't have enough information to legitimately name them publicly. He said, second of all, he has no doubt that the purpose of that leak was to intimidate the justices. And he said um, the leaker, people had to realize that some people would hear about this potential decision and might be moved to try to harm one of the justices, to assassinate one of the justices. He actually uses that word. He goes, they were setting it up so a justice would be assassinated. Now, think about that, Tom. That's incredible. I think it's also true. Alito said... Alito himself uh, was the target of an assassination attempt. Right, right. Um, Alito said that... um, He said, now, I'm not living in fear. He said, because everywhere I go, I have to get into a tank. They drive me around in a tank. I'm not allowed to go anywhere, he said, unless I'm in that tank with multiple police officers with me. That is what's happened in Joe Biden's America, that we allowed the radical left cooperating with vicious rhetoric against the Supreme Court coming out of the White House, coming out of Democrats in the Congress, demonizing the conservatives on the Supreme Court. The attack continues and they were willing to allow their little stormtroopers on the left, the same people that harass Republican leaders if they see them in a restaurant, that beat up kids if they have a shirt on that says there are only two genders or wear a MAGA hat. Those same types of people, they thought, well, they'll do the dirty work. One of them might take one of these justices out and then we'll be very sad. And boy, will we fill that vacancy quick. Tom, this is what the left's doing all the time, and Republicans aren't talking about it enough. This needs to be a major theme, this partnership between the governing left that's always calling us extremists and the street left, which routinely engages in violence against Christians, attacks churches, firebombs crisis pregnancy centers, beats up conservatives, riots in the names of in the name of social justice, won't allow a conservative to speak at a university campus. It, the list goes on and on and on. We've got to keep reminding the American people of what is happening. And because they're not going to hear it otherwise. And that's part of the uh, the caterwauling about the Tucker Carlson firing. The left, which, of course, is now celebrating Fox News as their ratings deservedly crater, argue that and and these are in so-called mainstream news reports, not even uh, allegedly opinion pieces, quote unquote, far right Tucker, extremist Tucker Carlson. Well, what does that say when the number one rated television host on any cable channel is, quote-unquote, an extremist. That means that there are a heck of a lot of extremists out there, uh, about half the country, which is exactly what they believe. They believe that if you don't agree with them, don't see the world that they 
see that you are an extremist and an enemy and need to be silenced. And that's really a kind of the crux of the um, uh, the crux of the the structure you were just building in your previous in your your previous series of comments. If we want a society that doesn't you know violently dehumanize others and target others we might want to start with a government that doesn't um make this dehumanization in the form of quote-unquote equity uh its primary purpose and mission there are two ways we can reduce violence in a society we can uh push a strong sense of moral values mutual trust create um a cultural milieu, if you will, that enforces codes of good conduct and um, sanctions, you know, bad conduct, give people the confidence to believe that um, they're going to be treated properly and fairly and, and, and decently and that there'll be consequences for those who don't. The other way is to build more prisons and to hire more cops. And if you don't have the first, and this harkens back to Alexis de Tocqueville's Democracy in America in the early 19th century, you're going to have to have a lot more of the second. And what we've seen now is the left has done everything to shatter, uh, you know, the value systems that we have, the trust networks that we have in our society. And then they've given the keys to this kingdom to uh, criminals to destroy, disempower the criminal justice system. And now after they've destroyed both options, either uh, restoring a moral sense to society or empowering police, who do they blame? Well, they blame us, of course. They blame the Washington Post, blames it on racism, on guns. Now, half the country, here's the problem, is that half the country, maybe more, I think more, believes it has absolutely nothing in common with the other half and barely even views it as being worthy of debate. I mean, the Democrat Party just said no debates. So you've got the mass media, you've got mass popular culture, uh, social media, the internet, and all this stuff driving people crazy. Then we had the pandemic, which drove us even more crazy. And now they've taken apart, dismantled our criminal justice system, leading to this massive crime wave. Um, and then the media, when even they can't uh, deny this anymore... Um, and has to come up with some explanation. The explanation is obviously uh, the existence of a Second Amendment. That's the problem. Yeah, abs- absolutely, Tom. Uh, you, you know, the, in, in our past, we had some tough times. I mean, the, America, the, the American colonies was, were deeply divided about revolution, about whether th- this was something that could be, you know, jiggled a little bit and everything would be fine, or whether we literally needed to break away from the homeland. And, you know, if, if that effort had failed, history would have recorded that all the people we see as heroes were, in fact, terrorists and uh, uh, an internal enemy, and, and thank God had been defeated or whatever. You look at the Civil War now, there was a dispute not over a minor thing. It's a dispute over whether one man can own another. There, there's no, you know, there's no real middle ground there. But even in that, as Lincoln pointed out, we prayed to the same God. We agreed on what a family was. We understood that our liberty came from God, not some bureaucrat or government official. I mean, there was a whole bunch of things at the end of the day we all agreed on after we got rid of this evil of slavery. Today, we can't agree what a man is or what a woman is. 
We don't pray to the same God. You know, a significant and growing part of the country doesn't believe there is a God. So, Tom, I mean, it's it's hard to see, you know, that <laughs> how long, how many years have we been hearing this ridiculous statement? Diversity is our strength. That is bull. You know what? There is no evidence that diversity is our strength. Now, you can have diversity in the color of your skin, your ethnic background. But if you have diversity on fundamental things about the nature of life, how the world exists, is there a God? What is a man? What is a woman? Is marriage a good thing? Who's a marriage bring together? Should we have more children? When you disagree on that, that's not a strength. That is a country that is going to unravel and may be unraveling in front of our eyes. And I'm more and more convinced, Tom, the only way this is resolved is someone wins and vanquishes the other side. And when I say someone wins, I don't mean wins the next election, which, of course, has to be done. I mean wins and shuts down, finally, some of the nuttiness that we see on the left because it's eating us alive. It's it. They've they've managed to get control of every place that the minds of our children are formed in. I saw a story today about boy, Republicans are going to be in trouble if we don't uh, come up with a an appeal uh, to uh, the the latest generation coming up, whichever one that is. And I'm thinking, well, this latest generation has the lowest levels of patriotism, the lowest levels of belief in God. The lowest levels of desiring to marry and have children believes the war, the earth is, is warming because of man is going to burn up, believes there are 52 genders and aren't sure about their own. What in Hades is the Republican Party supposed to talk about to get those young voters to vote for them? Uh, look, when you dismantle an actual question, no, when you dismantle a society, when you're successful at destroying all the totems of who we are, e pluribus unum, you know, out of many one, we've completely inverted the American motto. It was for 250 years, e pluribus unum, out of many one. And now what we've done, what the left has done, as has taken the one and shattered it into the many. Out of one, we make many. So what does anybody think is going to happen when you shatter a society? It's going to become more violent. When the bonds that tie... A, a racially and ethnically and 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 culturally and religiously diverse society together when those ties are ripped apart so none of us have anything in common um, what does anybody think is going to happen so the left keeps pouring gasoline on our divisions they keep investing more in identity politics so we have more and more incentive to identify ourselves, not by the fact that we're Americans, but by, you know, the preceding, the antecedent to the hyphen, we're uh, black Americans, we're Jewish Americans, we're bisexual, transphobic, or no, no, that's the opposite of that. Sorry, I got my... I got my uh, buzzwords mixed up there. But um, when you keep investing more money in identity politics um, and the society becomes more fractured, more bitter, more hostile, 
And the, and the left calls us extremists, and the left defines the narrative, the left builds the narrative and makes it. We're the extremists, we're on the defense, we're the homophobe, transphobe, Islamophobes, we're the ones standing in the way of quote-unquote progress. But the progress, the picture of the progress they paint, Gary, is of a, of a society with no order, that's anarchic, that is atomized, where no one has anything in common with their... How is that our strength? It's our weakness, and it will lead to our destruction. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Tom, I see... I, I might have We might have mentioned this the last time we were together. Um, I see little signs that even among youth, there's a growing rebellion. Uh, there's this school in Southern California that uh, was allowing a... Uh, six foot boy get away with claiming that he was a girl and he was going into the girls restrooms harassing the girls exposing himself in some cases literally got in fights with girls spit on them this went on for weeks while the school did nothing and finally some of the boys in the high school who had not been feminized by the culture had a light bulb go on and they took this guy on and there were multiple fistfights between this guy and boys defending girls who were their friends or who were their girlfriends. And eventually the school kicked out the transgender six foot guy. Um, it took that. Now, I, I was very proud to see a couple of these young boys being interviewed on TV and, and just speaking like a normal, you know, 14 or 15 year old boy. Well, he was spitting on girls. He was going in their bathroom. I couldn't stand by and let that happen. I was saddened to see parents interviewed and they were glad that the kid had been kicked out of school. But in every case, the parents asked that their face be blacked out because they were afraid of repercussions. Rightfully so. If, was, if they were identified. Rightfully yeah. so. And yeah. we've got, you know, the media, our media, the conservosphere, uh, changing gears just a bit, is very, very optimistic today. Um, Hunter Biden's got a showdown with his baby mama in an Arkansas courtroom later today, this being Monday, um, that may be the very first time in his life that he hasn't been able to you know, wheedle out of the consequences of his own actions. So uh, a lot of conservatives are thrilled. This is an exciting day. And then again, something tells me not so fast. I mean, we've, haven't we seen and heard this so many times only to be disappointed? I, I just, um, you know, we had blue in the face. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, earlier in the week, the house, the, uh, the uh, house ways and means committee granted these two, uh, attorneys that represent IRS whistleblowers authority to inspect hunters tax returns and related information. Um, and again, the media, this is this promises to unravel the Justice Department's Biden's family protection racket. If only if only. I mean, how many times is it Lucy in the football with this stuff? Yeah, no, it's you're right. You're right. I mean, we've, we've been up this hill so many times. I, uh, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, you know, Tom, the, Joe Biden is not a nice man. I, I wish um, 
He never was. Everybody on our side, would, they periodically, I even some people we know pretty well will go, well, I've known Joe Biden for a long time. He's a really nice guy. When I'm in the, when I'm in the Oval Office with him, they'll say, uh, you know, he's a really easy guy to be around. He, he's got a heart as big as, you know, da, da, da. And then I'm not going to name any names, Tom, about who some of the people are that say this, but there are a lot of them and they should know better. And the reason I bring it up is this baby that Hunter Biden won't pay the appropriate child support for was determined by a genetic test to be his daughter. I believe it's a, a little girl. So there's no question about it. All Joe Biden had to say was, look, a lot of American families have been dealing with drugs. My son, Hunter, has had a bad bout with drugs and he had some bad years and now he's recovering, but he made a lot of mistakes when he was drug addicted. And one of those mistakes was he was irresponsible and he got a young woman pregnant. A stripper, yeah. And uh, the, the result of that is we have another grandchild. They've and I just want to make it absolutely clear. We love that grandchild just like we love every one of our grandchild. That grandchild is welcomed in the White House anytime because that's the kind of family we are. End of story. And he is who is without sin can cast the fear. Tom, Joe Biden on that alone would probably be at 60 percent approval rating. He's not a nice guy, my friends. He is a terrible, terrible man. I mean, first of all, he's willing to destroy the country and exploit racial differences for his own political advantage. That's what he's willing to do on the big scene. Anybody that's willing to do that is not a nice guy. But on the little scene and the little platoons of life, family, friends, etc., he's a monster the way they're letting that his son treat the grandchild that that son is the father of. They've never acknowledged the existence of this. I guess she's a four year old daughter now. Um, and it looks right. like it looks like Hunter's lawyers are purposely uh, obstructing a settlement. They purposely do not want a settlement so that Hunter can avoid, you know, opening up any of his uh, financial secrets. And this is the guy that, you know, is the is the bag man for more than $30 million in, in uh, uh, Chinese uh, uh, payments to the Biden family, all of them. Um, you know, we've already found that the first son, Hunter Biden, offloaded his 10% stake in this Chinese equity firm um, to his, you know, his sugar brothers and his uncle Jim Biden and 10% for the big guy. And of course, nobody's, nobody covers this. Nobody covers it. I mean, this makes Watergate look. I I mean, the the deep state, Tom, went through Melania Trump's underwear drawer, went through her closet, searched her unmentionables. Heck, some of them probably even wore her negligee. (laughs) Uh, But beyond that, I mean, that is the level of examination that they were willing to do to a former first lady. Right. But, you know, it's. It, there's nothing ever happens with the left. Uh, and as you and I have talked about till we're blue in the face, the uh, the deep state took all the laws that we supported, like the Patriot, Patriot Act, to protect us from radical Islam. 
And the deep state has decided radical Islam is not really the threat to America. The real threat to America are Americans like Are Americans, exactly. And all those laws are going to be used to get us, silence us, and if necessary, put us in jail. Did you happen to see uh, on Meet the Press a show I proudly never, never watched, but I got a bunch of... I heard about uh, it. Yeah, of Vivek Ramaswamy um, just cleaning the floor with uh, who Rush would call F. Chuck Todd um, yesterday, (laughs) especially on the um, on the on the trans issue when Chuck Todd argued that somehow uh, that was the trans thing was bitterly divisive and the country's evenly divided. I haven't seen any numbers. I think the notion that the country's evenly divided on this is about as laughable as any. I bet it's 85. I bet it's 90, 10. I bet it's 90, and Vivek was asking, um, should children under the age of 18 be allowed to smoke cigarettes? Should uh, It's against the law to sell cigarettes to under 18s, and under 18 can't get a tattoo, but we're going to permit and pay for a genital mutilation for under 18s, for double mastectomies for under 18s, for chemical castrations for under 18s. If that's socially divisive, then we really are finished. You, you know, Tom, the state of Tennessee passed a law overwhelmingly signed by the governor to prohibit those treatments on minors in the state of Tennessee. And the Justice Department of the United States has just sued the state of Tennessee for violating the constitutional rights of children to castrate, get castrated. There now that's Joe. He actually calls any efforts to limit this genital mutilation surgery and 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 uh, drug regimens on minors. He calls that sinful. So it is sinful now to protect children from genital mutilation, from chemical castration, from uh, puberty blockers and hormones. It's, I, I don't know how much more depraved a society can be. I really don't. You just touched on something, Tom, that is actually a phenomenon, that, and that is the left generally, Biden in particular, uh, using religious references and describing the left-wing radical secular agenda. So uh, if you don't allow this, well, that's almost a sin, he said. In his uh, opening video to announce he's running for re-election, a video that spent all of its time on abortion, attacking parents that want to protect their children from explicit, explicit sexual material and the agenda of the gay rights movement, that the, uh, Biden called that a battle for the soul of America. It's just not sure. It's just not clear who he's going to deliver our soul to. It's certainly not the God of the Bible. Uh, one would ne- Obama would never have in 2008 uh, these were all issues that he I mean privately probably agreed with publicly wouldn't have dared he was opposed to same sex marriage until until um, Joe Biden in 2012 against the advice of all the campaign consultants came out for it um, and kind of forced the president's hand and the issue of trans I, I mean I don't even think that existed in 2008. It was an issue. It didn't exist. Nobody ever thought, you know, here's a great idea. Let's give our young girls mastectomies. Let's chemically castrate our young boys. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Tom, this has grown. So this has gone. This has gone mainstream in the culture faster than Biden's interest rates went up. I mean, both have been in record speed, you know. Uh, one just took fiat. It just took the Federal Reserve going, we're going to raise them again. We're going to raise them again. The other took the indoctrination that the left is now able to do by controlling all means of communication. I mean, if they can win on this, they can win on anything. I, uh, you know, in the, in the arena of there is, there, maybe there's a backlash developing or maybe look to the children for uh, courage. I saw over the weekend a little boy. He doesn't look like he weighs 90 pounds, Tom. He went to school somewhere. I didn't catch the details, but he, he went to school wearing a shirt that said there are only two genders. And uh, he was called to the principal's office and told that his shirt was making some people uncomfortable or some people fearful, fearful, seeing a shirt that said there were only two genders. And they said, you need to take it off. And this little, you know, 85-pound boy said, no, I'm not going to take it off. I I come to school all the time, and I see all kinds of things I'm uncomfortable with. I I don't like seeing, you know, that multicolored flag with all that, you know, this stands for that, this stands for this, and telling me I have to have pride in it. I'm very uncomfortable with that, but I have to see it. I've never come in and complain. So why get do people get to complain about what I was wearing? Um, and so he ended up, when it, before it was all over, uh, reading a statement to the school board. So, you know, suffer the little children, right? Maybe again, some adults will find courage being shown by ch- children like this one, who all day is stuck with his peers and probably has taken a lot of, you know, harassment because he simply stood for normalcy. By the way, was I when I was following uh, this story, Tom, there was, uh, you know how the ads pop up? An ad popped up, and it, it was selling, um, the, 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 it was a T-shirt that said, there are 52 genders. <laughs> so somebody put a pop-up ad so you could buy that while you were reading this story. But the thing that jumped out at me at the bottom, it had... Uh, two places that you could hit on. One said men's sizes and the other one said women's sizes. <laughs> Apparently the other 50 genders were left out when it came to buying the freaking t-shirt. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some kind of a, a civil rights complaint as part of that. We are out of time, but, um, this was another great show. I, Bauer always saves his best stuff for, you know, right, right at the end. Like, um, you know, a movie crescendo. You know, you got to yeah, stay. Yeah, I mean, Tom, I just want to remind our, our listeners that they need to do after the show what you and I always do after the show, which is go online and give us five stars. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, you're you're hitting the road for a couple of days. We will talk uh, later in the week. Safe travels to you. And many thanks for listening to the Bower and Rose podcast right here on justthenews.com and Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125. 